welcome to a mini breakdown with Ashley and Chris, where they answer your questions and meet with real brides to break down their wedding every week. Are you nervous? Yes. How nervous are you? <laughs> like on a scale of one to ten? Yeah. Like a twelve. You're a twelve? <laughs> Did your glass of wine help you? A little bit. I wish I would have found another one. Yeah, you should I waited I waited too long in between. I know. I, I took forever to eat and then watch my show and then all that stuff. We've started, by the way. I don't know if you realize oh. that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, we started. Uh, if you're joining us, I am here with my wife, Lara. How are you today, babe? I am good. Have you been dr- Have you been dreading this all week? No, because I completely forgot about it. Until today. Yeah, like an hour ago. Well... How do you like that? I just threw you right into the mix. Ashley, Ashley's actually out of town. So she's in Houston for a bachelorette party and a wedding, I think. And you are here and she's like, oh, what are we going to do? Who's going to cover the Q&A and stuff? And I was like, I'll just have Lara do it. So I just volunteered you and here you are and we're going to knock it out. And so do you have anything you want to say to people? And let them know. Why do you have to put me on the spot like that? You didn't ask me that question. That wasn't a part of our planning. I guess that's true. (laughs) I prepped her and told her, here's what we're going to be talking about. And so I kind of cut her off guard with that one. Anyway. Sorry, people. No, no cool. Well, maybe we should talk a little bit about our marriage. Okay. How long have we been married? Seven years. Yeah. Actually, you don't know this either, but. One day in the future, we're going to be doing an episode where we talk about our wedding and we cover like in details, things that we can remember, like things that we did intentionally, some of the great parts of our wedding, some of the low parts of our wedding and all of that stuff. So that should be really fun for you. Cool. I hope we do it soon. Why is that? So I don't like forget more of our wedding day. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's getting foggy. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and dive into these questions. So today, Lara and I are actually going to be answering questions um, that you guys sent us. And so we're super thankful every time that everyone engages on our um, Instagram stories and hangs out and chats with us. So question number one, how do you stay connected as you grow and change as people? It's deep. It's real deep. Do you think we've changed as people in seven years when when we got married? A hundred percent. Well, how how old were you when we got married? Were we 22? I was 23. So maybe you were 22. No, we were 22. We were both 22? Because we got married in September. Because it'll be eight years. That yeah. 30. So we were both how old? 23? 22? How have we changed? Well, like, what's, what's something that you know that's different about us? I kind of feel like we're honestly, like, more genuine people. Like, we're more comfortable being ourselves and I don't know if that's just like something that happens with age but I feel like I don't know like we don't have to put on like a front anymore yeah I would agree with that I think another way that we've really changed is kind of our beliefs and faith and stuff like that when I we, guess that's kind of what I was thinking about when we met we were like I mean we we're pretty involved in church and stuff like that I mean I worked for a church And so that was a huge part of our lives. And since then, I mean, like, we are not those people that we were anymore back then. Right. Like, I don't know. This sounds bad, but like, 
playing Christian kind of thing where yeah. we're like on our best behavior all the time. I mean, there was like a period in time where we wouldn't even have a beer in public. And yeah. I feel like that's all we do now. And now it's all we do. We just turn up at home with our kids. <laughs> we like put them to bed and just get trashed. We have our friends over and just get trashed all the time. Living um, our best life. So like how can people stay closer? So that's just one aspect of us. Like our faith and like our beliefs have changed. And I actually think that that's probably something that does change for people. Like I know, I mean, we have friends who they've navigated change in their beliefs and what they believe. And, um, I'm super lucky that that hasn't been an issue for us, but it's been an issue for some people. Um, but what other areas, like, I guess, like, what are some other areas where people could change and like who they are? Mm. Oh, I have one. I just thought of one, maybe like a, be sure to hold the mic up like that. Yeah. I just put it away from my face. So I'm not breathing into it. <laughs> okay. Um, I know I gave you a whole lecture about <laughs> breathing into the mic. I feel, like <sighs> <laughs> I feel like some people, like when they become parents, they change. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, do you feel like you had a bigger, like my mind goes to moms. Like when a mom becomes a parent, like there really is a big shift I think in for some moms and like their focus becomes the kids and maybe the husband takes a bit of a back burner. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, it's like a whole new territory for them. And I feel like they, like as a mom, like you just feel like this huge weight to take care of them and it's hard to like balance everything. Like it's hard to like, to take you know care of your children let alone yourself let alone like giving attention to your spouse like it's just a lot yeah another part of this question was how do you so how do you stay connected as you grow so growing too like there are there i bet there's going to be times in some people's marriages where one of them is getting really healthy um mentally physically emotionally spiritually i mean and they're just kind of bettering themselves as a person and the other person maybe isn't yeah doesn't want to grow doesn't want to get better doesn't want to change like what would your advice be to the spouse who is changing and like maybe they're experiencing some frustration with their spouse who doesn't want to change who really is just fine just kind of being who they've always been which might not be a healthy version of themselves i feel like i feel like we've gone through seasons of that multiple times where it's like one of us is doing really well and the other one is kind of just having to be like the cheerleader mm-hmm. and then it just kind of swaps sometimes. Yeah. I think my advice would probably be number one, I think you just have to be patient with that person. Like I don't think anyone changes and I say this all the time on the podcast, but I don't think anyone changes because someone else wants them to change. Like they do it because they come to a place in their life to where they're tired of being in the spot that they're at and then they change and that change like actually sticks. I mean, you've made a pretty big like shift in, in like your health here recently. And we had like loads and loads and loads of conversations about, you know, you wanting to do that for a long time. But I think something shifted in you that kind of like flipped the switch and you're like, all right, I'm doing this. Yeah. You have to like do it for yourself. Like you can't just do it for your spouse or because your spouse is doing it too. I think the best thing that you can do in terms of staying connected when one of 
you is growing or changing is to just love the person right where they're at. Yeah. I was going to say like definitely be supportive of them, like be an encourager, like they're like their biggest cheerleader and just like keep communicating through it. Yeah. I think that's probably the most important thing that anyone can do is, is you just have to love your spouse right where they're at. And, and maybe they decide to change shortly or in the near future, or maybe they make changes in their lifestyle down the road. But I don't think you can like expect someone else to make really positive and healthy changes if they're just not in a place to where they really want that for themselves. Like they have to want it for themselves. Um, and you can't want it enough for them to get them to do it. They really have to want it. So like, what if like, what if your spouse is like changing for the negative? Then what? I mean, that's a, that's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. I mean, I think it boils down to probably sitting down and having a conversation and, and unfortunately not everybody is mature enough to know how to handle the feedback of saying, Hey, I don't like the person that you're becoming. I think in a marriage that would be like fighting words. Right. And I think it takes pretty mature people, emotionally mature to be able to hear that from someone and not get super defensive. Yeah. Because I mean, because there could be some changes in people's marriage where it just feels almost like a deal breaker or, you know, like, right. how, how can I continue to be with this person? Like, I once really loved this person and we're here now. Like, how are we going to handle this? Yeah, I think that that's where, you know, I know for us, like, we have made a decision that, like, divorce is not a, a road that we want to go down. Like, we are committed to each other and I think that that commitment involves us tackling whatever comes our way. And so I guess as people, you have to kind of like keep your vows and like the commitment that you made on the forefront of your mind. Obviously I think if there's abuse, uh, emotional, verbal, physical, like that's a, that's a whole heavy topic that you should, number one, you should get to safety and get safe and you and your kids should get safe. Um, before anything can begin to be worked on, I'm on the other person, but therapy counseling, that's always a good route to take. Um, when it comes to someone beginning to better themselves. Yeah. Feel good about how we answered that one. I think so. I hope we're not missing any, anything. Yeah. I I think we got it. Question number two, how, uh, how to handle having different views on religion. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, also another one this isn't going to turn into the church episode by the way this just happens (laughs) (laughs) i know that not all of our listeners maybe uh, like are spiritual but this is a question that a listener asked so we're going to take it if you didn't if you wanted another question to be asked you should have asked it (laughs) so okay so hmm i think there's two different ways that you could go about this or two things that come to mind i'm going to read it again how to handle having different views on religion I think one of the views could be that come to mind is um, both of you are spiritual, but maybe both of you have different different beliefs and different viewpoints on whatever spiritual views you have. Or the other one could be one of you is spiritual uh, and religious and the other is not. Do you think that changes? Honestly, I actually don't think my advice would change to either of these. 
Yeah, I don't think so. So I would say, do you want to give the advice? What comes to mind for you? You definitely can't enter or be in your relationship in hopes of changing your spouse's like view or their religious stance. Whether um, they're for it or against it. Yeah, like Yeah. You know, like if if you're in your relationship and you're like, Oh well, I think I think I'm gonna change him or her, like and they're gonna what like convert or or whatever like they're gonna believe what I believe one day like I don't think that's gonna work and I don't think that's healthy like you have to kind of have an understanding of that beforehand I think and like an acceptance maybe right yeah I would think that like just to echo what you said like if anyone goes into a marriage thinking that they're gonna change anything about their spouse, like even flip it. And it could be something that doesn't involve faith or spirituality. Let's say that like they really value spending time with their family. And let's say for whatever reason, you don't like that. I don't think there's anything that you're going to be able to do to change that because that's a core belief that they have. There are some things that are like behavioral beliefs. Like when you and I first got married and every morning you would get up and you would set, like you'd make your coffee and then you'd set your spoon on the counter, the bare ass coffee, white counter. The coffee spoon. The coffee spoon. <laughs> it really wasn't that big of a deal. It was totally a big deal. But that was a behavioral thing. Like, And you I have know. gotten better at it. You set it on things now. Even, <laughs> if, even if it's a napkin. And for me, I left cabinets open. All the time. Like every freaking cabinet. Like I'd go in and look for something and Lara would walk in and there'd be like 10 cabinets open. I just forgot about them. I don't know. It's so annoying. But those are behavioral things that we've worked on. There are core, <laughs> there are core beliefs like faith, uh, family values, um, maybe even like, I uh, got probably even like how you handle money. Maybe? Yeah, like money things too. Like those are some things that are deep rooted that probably you have to like when you enter into a marriage with some of those things, you can't expect that person to change. Um. Like you can't have these expectations like where you're going into it. And you're like, you know what? This isn't a big deal because I'll change this about them. Uh-uh. You ain't going to change anything about anyone. Like someone again has to change and they have to come to the conclusion that they want to change for someone else. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have conversations about these things. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like I don't think it's like impossible to be with somebody that has differing core values in you. Right. Like, I think you can still make those relationships work and I think that they can be successful, but like, I don't, you'd, ha- you just have to have conversations about it. And I think there's potential for a lot of growth to happen there. Oh, like for sure. if, you know, if you're on different spiritual journeys and like you really could come together and talk more about it and challenge one another and who knows where you could end up five or ten years from now like you could be in completely different places like right. i know we're in completely different places than what we were yeah and so, i never would have yeah. thought i would have been where I, where we are today um oh excuse me yawning <sighs> i never would have thought we would be where we are today in terms of faith i mean and even other things that have changed the way that you know things that we value too so Ultimately, lots and lots and lots of conversations have to be had. And quite honestly, I think you should ask yourself, like, 
is this a deal breaker yeah, for me? Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. And that's okay if it is a deal breaker. Right. Maybe it is a deal breaker for both of you. Right. And I mean, I can tell you like we have a family member, you and I, who uh, these two people got married and I believe that they believed that they could change one another. And, and this is dealing in, in terms of some core values that they had. And it's just led to frustration. It's led to lots of fights. and Like even their political views? Political views. I mean, everything. Yeah. They, 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 I don't think that they were honest with themselves. Like you should ask yourself the question, can I love? So for instance, find these things. So maybe for instance, it is, let's say it's political. Can I love this person regardless if they never change their political views to align with my political views? And that's a real question to ask yourself. And you should ask yourself, do I want to be married to this person? Yeah. Because guess what? Election years are going to be hell for you guys. It's going to be bad. And so, I mean, you can make it. You can make it out on the other side, but I think you have to weigh it and be like, man, is this something that like I want to do and deal with for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we answered that. I think so. Question number three. Tips and tricks to better resolve issues while arguing. Ooh. Ooh. Do you have any that come to mind? Um, yeah. So I would say to create a safe word. Um, if they're especially if there's like a particular like argument that you find yourself getting into like maybe like a like a topic or something yeah that like it gets heated things are escalating and like you guys have noticed this trend that you have and you just when things are calm and you talk about it um kind of like come up with a word or a phrase or something that you can say so it can identify to the other person that like, okay, I need to chill. Like <laughs> something's not okay. Um, like even for Chris and I, like it's not necessarily like an argument for us, but it's more of a bad habit. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Um, we like bad food. We do like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're fluffy. <laughs> Um, we'll never be the fit couple. <laughs> no, we want to be the fit couple so bad, but so it's like bad. we also just love food. We love and it. Pizza. Yeah, it's so good. And so I don't think we've like come to an official agreement of what our word is yet. I feel like you had one that you threw out the other day. I feel like it was probably like egg roll or something like that. I thought that. it was like salamander or pineapple no. or something like that. I thought it was something weird. Probably a name of food. Probably. Oh my gosh. But so like when we find ourselves getting into this cycle of like bad habits, like we can just throw out that word and hopefully stop each other. Like it's like a little red flag. Yeah. And I know that Ashley and Justin have talked about this too. I feel like Ashley said that her and Justin use this when like one of them is like starting to be negative about something like maybe their safe word was pineapple. And I think they would say it. And it's just kind of to like, it's a word that, doesn't come up in conversation often and so when you hear it it like kind of stops you dead in your tracks and it makes you self-aware of what you're doing and what you're saying so safe word i like that um i would say to establish like boundaries and how you fight 
the fact of the matter is, is that if you are married or in a relationship with anyone, even a friendship, you are going to argue. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have fights. You're going to disagree about things, especially with marriage. Like it's going to happen. Um, But I think the key is to set up boundaries as to how you fight and to stick to those boundaries. So for example, maybe a boundary that you have is like, um, we're not going to yell when we fight. We're not going to slam doors. We're not going to leave the house and drive away. We're not going to break things. Like whatever the the things that you notice that your spouse does that might be triggering for you. And let's say you have abandonment issues and you know you feel like your parents abandoned you and then you get in a fight and your spouse drives away and really all they need is space, but they don't know that you have these things that are triggering in you like they trigger like abandonment emotions in you when they drive away. And so a boundary could be you sit down, you explain to them, hey, I really feel like you're going to abandon me and never come back when you leave and drive away. And that makes me feel bad. And I really don't like that. Can we come up with some boundaries to where, and then they say, well, babe, I really just need to clear my head and I need space to think and I have to get out of the situation. And then you go, you realize like, well, and then you guys talk through it. Maybe it's something like, well, maybe you can just go to the other room and I'll give you 10 minutes to clear your head and to think, and I won't bother you, but we have to come back together or 30 minutes or whatever, you know, however long you guys decide as a couple. Does that make sense? Can you think of any other boundaries? Mm. I don't know. You like like when I put you on the spot? I know. It just, (laughs) I'm like a processor. Like I cannot just be put on the spot. You ask me a question randomly right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. See, I can't even think of a question to oh ask you because I, I literally you on the spot <laughs> was trying to have you put me on the spot. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. I can't. <laughs> um, I think another another thing that you could do. Oh, this is a great boundary that I think all couples should have, and this is actually one that we established really early on in our marriage. Can you think of what it is? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> What is it? We both committed to not talking to our families, like oh, our moms, about yeah. our fights. Yeah, we we definitely don't, like, we won't say anything negative about one another yeah. to our family. Um, Why do we do that? I, I know, I mean... My mom, she can tend to be my biggest, like, hype man. Like, if I'm upset, she's ten times more upset. So, she doesn't even need to know, like, all the information. But I just feel like it can ruin relationships. Yeah, I'm really, really, really thankful that you've chosen to, like, respect me in that way. And not go to your mom with that stuff because I think it would just make like me and your mom already have kind of a rocky, not a, it's been rocky at times and it has highs and lows. And so I think that would just keep it in the lows and probably keep it. I'm not, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I mean, you probably do have grounds to run to your mom and tell her about some of the shitty things I do or say. Yeah. But I mean, like, I just don't think you should ever paint your spouse or future spouse in that kind of light to your family, especially like your family's always going to choose you over your spouse. That's true. And so you don't need to do anything to kind of like hinder 
that relationship like you can literally like go cry to anybody else don't go crying to mom and dad yeah i agree have like have the people in your life that you can go to when you're fighting that are going to be logical and i would even say like if you have a best friend maybe and you know your best friend is going to like they're single they're not married they don't know what it's like like don't go cry to your single friend about like your married problems that's just not going to work because they're they're single. They don't understand marriage dynamics. If you're going to complain, a, a great way that I've heard this is don't complain up, don't like don't complain down. So complaining up would be don't complain up to your parents and don't complain down to your friends. Complain like par- like parallel to those that are next to you. So your friends, the people that are in the same stage of life as you. Yeah, the people that actually understand the dynamics. Yeah, like what you're going through. They'll probably have like more compassion and understanding for the whole thing. Like I totally agree. Yeah. Last question. We're almost done. Let's do it. Last question. What advice would you give to anyone who is getting married? Okay. And I'm assuming this is in regards to like marriage and relationships, not wedding planning. Um my advice would be just because you're close doesn't mean you're close. Ooh, I'm I'm interested. Unpack that, Master Yoda. Yeah, so just because you're in close proximity with one another doesn't mean that you are actually like connected like that sort of closeness um that you actually have to be intentional with your time and your conversations um that you that just because you go to bed with the same person every night and wake up next to them and live with them and do daily tasks with them it doesn't mean that you you're gonna feel like a connection yeah that you'll feel a connection um i think that was something that i didn't fully understand and maybe this doesn't apply but to everybody like people who've already lived together before they got married maybe they've experienced this but chris and i we didn't live together before we got married so i think i thought that once we got married everything was going to be perfect we'd be living together we'd be super close all the time and it was like that sometimes yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) there was a point where i felt like i was just his roommate and it was crazy like i didn't think that was possible but what and what was it about that season like that made made you feel like we were roommates that like i like things that i did or didn't do i think we just didn't make a priority to come together and um like talk and we really like we just kept really busy it, it was like we were living separate lives yeah just it was under like the same roof roommates with benefits <laughs> type of situation <laughs> yeah and i mean and honestly at that time in our lives like you were working a full-time job i was in ministry which is like two full-time jobs i was giving a lot since then i mean we've obviously talked about this and reflected on it but i was giving my time to lots of other people volunteers uh having coffee meetings meeting with students and then you know, like not have connecting with you, my wife. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good, babe. That's really good advice. I would say, and so you would be like, be intentional. Yeah. Connection just doesn't happen easy. Yeah. You have to work at it and yeah. work to make it happen. Yes. Okay. I would say that my advice would be um, to, it, this involves kind of communication because we've always kind of lived busy lives because of me. Like, it's not because of anything you do. Like, I'm, I'm so chill. I'm the one that decides I want to change the world and take on all these projects. Like, even now, like, I have the Bridal Breakdown podcast. I have the Salty Dogs podcast that I do. I have my photography business that I do. I have uh, two other businesses, a live streaming business and a podcasting like solutions, helping people start podcasts like business. Like I do a lot and you don't do a lot. <laughs> and it's not, be- and I don't mean that as like a diss like at all. I'm the one that fills our calendar with stuff. And so I would say. I, I keep my calendar open for you. You're, you're the best. I would say that the best advice that I can give, like if if one of you is more busy than the others, number one, if you don't already share a like calendar somehow that's color coded with like different things. Life changing. Life changing. Like you can do that on iPhones. Android sucks. And maybe you can do it on Android too. But I just know when someone told us about that, that like changed our lives. It really did. Like we schedule everything on the calendar. Um, and like so, literally everything. Yeah, everything. Even if it's the next day, like we'll go in and I'll put it on the calendar. Um, so do that. And then the other big piece of advice that I would give a couple who's getting married is to have a weekly family meeting, even if it's just the two of you. And this is something that we used to do a long time ago and we stopped for a while and we've recently over the last couple months started doing it again. And what is the family meeting? So our family meeting is, we usually do it on Sunday because mm-hmm. um, it just kicks off our, our week. Yep. And we we pretty much go into detail about what we have coming up, like things that I'm doing, what Chris is doing. So we're just kind of in the know, like even though the week, yeah, like even though it's already on our calendar, like we're just reviewing it together. So in case one of us didn't check something like we're not surprised. Yeah. And I mean, we even go as far as sometimes like going ahead and like planning our meals Mm -hmm. at that time, like our grocery list. Um, We even schedule like family time. Like, yeah, that's been something that I've liked that we've been doing this time around. Yeah. Like being intentional with like, like it's a nice day on Wednesday. Like we're going to go to the park. Yep. So like kind of even planning, like That's looking at the weather, like what's, what's it going to look like? We have zoo passes so we can take the kids whenever. So, um, just seeing when there's a nice day and we can take advantage of it. And the other thing that this does is that if there is a busy day, I feel like this mentally prepares you to yeah. know like, okay, this Tuesday is a bridal breakdown recording day. I'm not going to see Chris from 9am to 3pm. Like he's literally going to be in the basement that long. And I feel like it just, it kind of helps you. Like maybe, you know, that that's already coming, but on Sunday it's like, all right, that's going to happen. But then these other days, like we're already carving out intentional time. So it's okay. Yeah, for sure. It, it helps a lot, especially because we both like, well, you work from home and I stay at home with the kids and so sometimes I think that there should be more time available with each other than what there is. And so it gave me more of a clear, like, 
I don't know, expectations of like what. That's a good word. It definitely, it just, it puts all the expectations on the table for sure. And lets you know like, okay, since I'm going to be doing this at this time, that means that you're going to be spending time with the kids, hanging out with the kids, now taking Cannon outside, hanging out with him, our puppy, yeah, um, all that stuff. So I think that's really helpful. For sure. That's all the questions. Nice. We did it. We did it. How do you like podcasting? It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Do you be. think it's kind of fun? It is kind of fun. Do you understand why I'm like hooked Obsessed. on it? Obsessed. Yeah, because you love talking and hearing your voice. I do. <laughs> I do. Sometimes she'll catch me listening to my own podcast. All the time. Like the... Why are you? I can't even. <laughs> I'm going to play this so you can hear your voice and you're going to hate it. I, you're going to be like, I, oh, what? I sound like that. I know. So I'm nervous. Well, people, we have an amazing interview that's coming up for you right after this. We actually sit down and talk to Alexandra Burt. She is a photography and business owner here in the Wichita area. Lara and I, you, we've actually gone on a double date with Alex and Tate. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were so much fun. They were super cool. We'll probably hang out with them again and go grab some beers. We better. They're they're great people. And so um, anyways, Alex basically shares her story. And she had a pretty amazing wedding at the barn at Grace Hill. But there were some things. uh, They had a long distance relationship, her and Tate. They had an extremely fast engagement, even faster than ours, I think. Nuh-uh. Oh, wait, no. They had a pretty speedy relationship. I think we take the cake though. I know it was, it's it kind of like hard to beat us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours. But they had a very quick engagement as well. Um and so they have an amazing story anyways. Tune in and listen to Alex as she unpacks their wedding day and you can hear that interview right now. Welcome to the Wedding Breakdown, where we break down real wedding days on from real brides. And we are here today with Ashley and Alex. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Alex, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. It's a Sunday off. Perfect. Yeah, it's a great day, great Sunday, great weather, and we're going to have a great interview why don't you get us started by telling us a few things? Why don't you tell us um, who you are, which we've already kind of done, uh, how long you've been married, when you got married, and kind of what your whole vision for your wedding day was. Okay, I'll try to remember all of those. Uh, for starters, I'm Alex. I am from Wichita, Kansas, born and raised. Uh, I'm also a wedding photographer here in the area. So Ashley and Chris are just some local photogs I look up to. It's so fun to be on here with you guys. Um, and when I got, we got married, my husband and I, Tate, it was August of 2019. So we just hit a year and a half, um, which Congrats. is crazy. Cause like, yeah, the first year being in 2020 kind of feels like a decade versus, versus one year, but yeah. Um, and our, our vision, I guess I would say, I mean, we had a five month engagement. So and I've been shooting weddings for three years before we even got engaged. And so I felt like I kind of had an idea of, well, honestly, what, what I wanted it to be before, like, it didn't feel like we were, we were floundering or it was hard to make decisions. Like yeah. we just wanted something heartfelt and I'm not a super girly girl. So we just, honestly, we, we chose like colors that were neutral and there just wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't a lot of like fluff and, and extra. It was just, we cared more about just being there with our people. 
more than anything gotcha. else. So. Yeah. yeah, so decor, kind of neutrally mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then the oh, yes. feel and vibe is just kind of just, how would you describe that? The feel and vibe, I would just say fun. And like, I'm a planner through and through. So our wedding, like we had a timeline where everything flowed like from start to finish. Like I don't, we've all been to those weddings where there's like really large gaps between the ceremony ending and like the reception starting or even in the reception where you're, you're kind of twiddling your thumbs as a guest, like mm-hmm. waiting yeah. for things to happen. That was not our wedding. Like it was, we had a 15 minute room flip. Um, and then from wow. there, like just, it was, you know, down to even like we came in, we immediately got food served. Uh, and then our guests were still in line for food when we cut our cake. Um, and then right after we cut our cake, we went and did sunset photos. So everyone was like eating cake and their dinner while we were doing that. And then we came in and rolled into our first dance. Like there was just not any there was not really room for anyone to get bored and leave. So, which is such a blessing for your guests, because that mm-hmm. is the hardest part about attending a wedding is you're yeah. there to celebrate with the people, but you feel like mostly what you're doing is like sitting at a table and observing a lot of things occur <sighs> or waiting to observe a lot of things to occur. Totally. I love totally. that. You said that you wanted a heartfelt wedding. In what ways do you feel like you incorporated that theme? Yeah. Oh, so many ways. So we, uh, I have a lot of like very talented friends that played a part in helping with our wedding. So like my best friend is a florist. Uh, she worked for one of the, like one of the top like wedding floral companies in Indianapolis. And so she gifted our floral design to us for our wedding. So it was like, Oh my gosh, huge expense. Uh, yeah. So we just, we got our florals at cost, which is insane. Like we just paid for the actual goods, but, uh, getting to do that with my best friend too. Like, um, okay. So for example, I, uh, I went to Israel on a class trip in college. And then I worked in a refugee camp on the Greek Island of Lesbos. And in both places, there was lots of olive trees. And I just, I love, I love those trees. And so we used olive branches and like all of our bouquets and peonies are my favorite flower. And so that was what made up my bouquet as well. And, um, if you, if they're not your favorite flower, you should smell them. Cause they will be like, <laughs> Um, so like even just down to that, it was like, and again, I'm not a super girly girl. So it was like greens and whites, like elegant, timeless. And like having her put that all together made it even more personal. Uh, another would be that my dad actually officiated our wedding. I think I mentioned this in the questionnaire, uh, but Tate and I, like, we're both from the Wichita area, but he's four years older than me. And we just did not like we didn't overlap and I was living in Indiana when we met as well. So we didn't go to the same church. Like we didn't have the same pastor relationship. And so we wanted someone that we like, were both comfortable with and that we knew would be in our lives, like going forward. So like having, having my dad officiate was, uh, that's probably my favorite memory. Like looking back at how we planned. That's amazing. So, good. Did, so did he, how'd you get down the aisle? Did he, mm-hmm. I've had, down the aisle? he did. Yeah. Uh, which is like something I've been dreaming about. Like since I was a little girl and I first yeah. went to a wedding. Uh, so that, and I had a couple of my brides ask about this. So I'm glad we we're talking about it. Uh, Cause I think other brides probably have this aspiration, but are trying to figure out the logistics of how you exactly, do the handoff. Yes. So we got married uh, to help you visualize it at the Barnet Grace Hill. So they have like a kind of a, a staircase that goes up either side of the back of the room where the bridal suite is. Uh, and my dad stood up at the top with me behind those doors And then the pastor of like the church that I grew up going to was at the end of the aisle with Tate. And so my dad walked me down, which also for all brides getting married somewhere like that, 
have your dad walk down with you. Cause I was not nervous at all on our wedding day, but like those 10 minutes before like those doors opened, it was like butterflies out the yang. Yeah. So <laughs> having him there was so, <laughs> so helpful. Uh, so he just walked me down and then the Kelly was his name was the pastor at the, the end of the aisle. He did like a little prayer, um, got everything started. And then, uh, you know, he asked the question, like, who gives this man to be married and blah, blah, blah. And then we did the handoff and then my dad and him just switched spots. So it was great. That seems so like such a simple solution that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even have thought of that. It was super easy. I mean, you just basically need someone that's like decent at public speaking to open it up. Like, (laughs) yeah, totally do it. Super yeah. helpful because I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there have been other people that may have wanted to do that, but just basically yeah. just, you know, hadn't thought through yep. that. Yeah. Or they, they're like, I want my dad to be the one to walk me down the aisle, but I also want him to, so maybe I just need to pick one and I'd rather he walk me down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Oh you know? yeah. If I had to choose between the two, that would yeah. for sure be my first choice, but yeah. Having talked to you and Tate um, before, just not that long ago, we went to dinner with you guys and had a blast. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the things that you briefly mentioned that I thought was really cool was what you guys had for dinner. I don't know if yes. you, and I think that there was something there too. I'm not, you can tell mm-hmm. me, I like, know oh, that wasn't important. Yes. But I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my husband, Tate, I mean, I would say we're both foodies through and through, but Tate's on like a little bit of a different level than I am. And so <laughs> Who we hired for catering was a very big deal to him, uh, which I know, ladies, I know it can be hard to like pull in your groom to get excited about planning, but like, look for those things like that. Like for Tate, it was the honeymoon. It was picking the caterer, like those things that they're excited about and actually care about, like let them run and take the lead with like, because they're more invested in the, the day at the end of the day, if they like were very involved in like researching and connecting with vendors and all that good stuff. Um, so anyways. Tate took the lead on our caterer and we went with Biscuit Co., which is owned by Dempsey's Burger Pub here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's so good. So we did their, it's called the Belmont and it's like, it was buffet style. So it was biscuits, fried chicken, gravy, really good American cheese, uh, bacon. And I think that was it. But like, but, and then we did a charcuterie board and we had like some, some salads as well. And, uh, it was great. Like people could just make whatever combo they wanted with that food. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's been a year and a half and we still get compliments on the food we went with. So it's different too. Not only is it local, not only is it something that he was excited about, but it's also like not just chicken and green beans, which as a vendor, I get very excited for chicken and green beans because that gives me some like healthy calories to consume. But from a guest perspective, what a unique thing to eat that you've never had at a wedding before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really, really, really cool. I think that that's something that's really memorable. And and so it sounds like there was these moments that were filled with intention that you kind of weaved throughout your day. If I don't think we've talked about this yet, but if you had to go back and say what your wedding, why was like why you and Tate chose to celebrate your marriage with a ceremony and a reception, what would you say that that was for you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I've been reflecting on it a lot. If I'm honest, I feel like in the moment there was a lot of, this is the thing that we do culturally, mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also say though, I, I'm a mega extrovert and Tate is like a very social introvert. So there was, it, I don't, and he was, he was 29 when we got married. So there was just this like he had been waiting so long to like all of his friends were married and had kids 
pretty much when we got married. So I feel like that celebration was bringing all of our core people together in one place. Like I met a lot of his really good friends at our wedding. Cause side note, we, we were long distance for almost our whole relationship. Uh, and so that also was like a different layer of, of navigating meeting friends and planning and all of that. Uh, but the wedding felt like just the, the hoorah of like, we are, we are doing this, we're committing to each other and we're doing it with the people we love most and like two becoming one across the board, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. On that note, I actually like, as I'm like writing notes down, I like just drew an arrow to the five months. Like let's circle back to how you guys Mm -hmm. did this in five months. You had a quick engagement. You also weren't dating for very, Mm -hmm. like how long were you dating? It was, this was a very quick engagement, quick relationship. It was like a, when you know, you know, situation. hundred percent. Yeah. We knew on our third date, like it was pretty, pretty obvious. So we met at a wedding that I was photographing. He was an usher at the wedding. Uh, and we, that was August 17th of 2018. And we got married August 17th of 2019. So like a year to the day of meeting later. So it was, it was quick. Um, yeah, we, I, I lived in Indiana at the time too, cause I'm from here, but went to college in Indiana and then landed there after graduating. But I was back in town shooting a wedding and I happened to be in town for like a week. And so we like squeezed three dates in and like kind of made the call three days later that we were going to, we'd both like sworn we'd never do long distance. And it just was, it was so obviously right. Like I always thought it was total BS when people would say like, when, you know, you know, but it's, it's so true. <laughs> At least it was for us. So uh, yeah, yeah. So we dove into long distance and he proposed uh, it was like basically our six month or a little after our six month anniversary, we were on a ski trip in Colorado and uh, then we basically, I mean, the five month engagement, I think we would have liked to do a little bit longer, but uh, we knew the venue we wanted to get married at. And they had four Saturdays left for the year. And August 17th was one of them. And we were like, okay, that's, I think that's what it's supposed to be. Like, how cool yeah. is that? Yeah. Free, so it's crazy too. Cause I kind of always assumed that that was an intentional decision that it was like the day that mm-hmm. you guys met, but it, it was just like happenstance. Yep. hundred percent. I was like, Oh, September, like October. I could totally do that. Yeah. No. So August. It was always heat of the summer. Yep. Heat of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, <laughs> kind of along the same vein of, of long distance. Like, can you talk about maybe some of the challenges and how you guys overcame those challenges with wedding planning, like, and having distance between mm-hmm. you guys, because I'm sure that this scenario yeah. isn't isolated and that there are other people that might be planning long distance as well. Totally. Yes. I felt like we had just pop, we both had pretty stressful work schedules. Like I had a, I had a job where I, I ran the marketing department for a small healthcare company and it was just me. And I, if I was busting my butt and super efficient, I worked 60 hours a week. Um, and this was happening at the same time as like wedding season, picking up for me as well up there. Uh, and then trying to navigate wedding planning long distance and, um, and then getting ready to move too. like the shuffle of all of that. I guess this is what I say to my brides when I feel like they get to their peak point of stress with wedding planning is like just a reminder that life does not slow down at all for you with wedding planning. If anything, it kind of tends to pick up because you're maybe you're buying a home together or uh, there's just so many things to uh, to sidestep around. And it's helpful for us to give ourselves grace because it's just it's ridiculous. Like this, it's just not <laughs> it's so much work on top of like normal, busy life. Uh, and so. I feel like some things that we did well was we would, uh, I tried to make several trips back, like probably at least every month and a half or so back home. And during that like sprint, we would do like 
engagement photos, meet with caterers, like go get our cake picked out. Like it was just like, I, we tried to make it as fun as possible, but also bang things out. And we would have like a list going in. So actually the first, this is like my planner coming out, but the first thing I did when we got, like when I got home back to my apartment in Indiana, after we got engaged is I just got on Pinterest and looked up like uh, just wedding planning checklists, like even 12 month ones, like what do I need to know to do? And I like compiled a couple of them into an Excel sheet and just broke down my own checklist of what we needed to focus on for each step of the way. Cause you can only, I feel like you can only process like those little chunks at a time when life yeah. is that busy too. Like Absolutely. it's just, it's way too much. Uh, so I feel like we probably could have had like a lot more drama and potential angst if, if we had not had that in place. Like, I think I would have had a lot more, a lot more anxiety. Yeah. And too, we tried to like prioritize pursuing each other, like during the engagement and not just making it exclusively about wedding planning. Cause yes. like you can get so caught up on that. You can forget why you're even doing it, you know? Yeah, totally. How I did love, I love yeah. that you talked about personalizing the wedding checklist and not just like you took what yeah. you wanted to, to make it your own. I think that was so great. Ashley, you're going to say something. I was, well, you just gave me a light bulb, Alex. How did you continue to, cause you guys are still dating like at this point, cause it's so early mm -hmm. in your relationship. You are starting like still getting to yeah. know each other, still kind of navigating um, sure. and like learning the nuances of each other. And like you do in the beginning, how did you continue to prioritize that? Like what helped you do that and not let the wedding planning and logistics get in the way of your relationship, especially so yeah. while we were engaged mm -hmm. specifically. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I was just head over heels for that man. I still am, but like, <laughs> I was so much more interested in him than I, I was like, I was so excited about our wedding, but I was way more excited because of how much I love Tate and just wanted to do life with him. So like, I don't, Tate was the reward and wedding planning was like, kind of the dessert, I guess, on top of it, but he wasn't, does that make sense? Like Tate yeah. was my why. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So, I mean, we would do like tons of different things together. Like uh, Netflix has a plugin with Chrome where you can like both watch the same movie at the same time. So we would like FaceTime and like watch our Netflix shows together or uh, gosh, I, we, I mean, we just talked like every night. If you think back to your wedding day, what might have been the best moment of the day for you? One that sticks out in your mind that when you look back at it, like you just can't help but smile because this was just such a, a high point of the day. Yeah. So this ties into like long distance, but when we were dating, like Tate made a trip up to see me in Indiana and we went to a movie. It was a star is born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Such a good and movie. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He also though had like flown that day. So he was like, like, I think we caught a late showing because we got dinner first. So he was like for sure asleep for half of it. <laughs> so but, tired. Yeah. But one of the songs in that movie is when like they're in a really healthy place in their relationship. And I think it might be the one that plays when they actually get married. Uh, and it's called, is that all right? And there was one point when we were, we were engaged and we were sitting down at like the anchor little restaurant downtown here in Wichita having dinner. And, uh, we were talking about what songs to walk, like for me to walk down the aisle to. And I'd like mentioned a few that I'd like that I'd heard. And he brought up that song and he started crying. Like and he's not a super emotional guy, but he like started tearing up thinking about me walking down the aisle to that song. And so that's the song we went with for our wedding. And uh, that's my favorite memory from the day. Cause I got to the point where I went down the stairs, 
like turned around the corner and then was, was rounding to go down the aisle. And as soon as I saw Tate, like we both just started sobbing, like all, all of the pictures of me and my dad walking down the aisle, I'm just straight up ugly crying. Like, and it, I think it's just so sweet to look back at like the whole journey of, of long distance and yeah. kind of the crap that comes with that too. Like it's, it's not easy, but that just that sweet reward of like full circle with Tate. We're doing it, you know? Yeah. That whole, that story just gave me chills. So good. Mind, like both that arms. So sweet. Yeah. I love yeah. That. yeah. It was, it was really good. So that would probably be one of my favorites. Is there anything that stands out to you that might be considered a low point of the day? My biggest regret is we didn't, we had probably close to 250 guests at our wedding. So with trying to keep the reception flowing, I opted to skip out of doing any sort of receiving line or going from table to table. And I felt like uh, I, I, I'm still meeting people that said they loved our wedding and attended. And I, I kind of hate that. Like we have some photos like from the balcony looking down and I've like kind of looked at who all was there, but it's, it, it kind of sucks that I didn't get to like see and talk to all of those people. But I'm also like, you've seen on this podcast, long winded. So there just was not a way for us to like have a really quick, smooth reception and talk to 250 people. Like it just wasn't feasible for the way that our timeline worked. And so that would probably be like my biggest regret in hindsight. Yeah. That's something I've struggled yeah. with too, with mine is there's people that were there that I didn't get to spend time with and it mm-hmm. causes me anxiety at night and mm-hmm. like still, and we're like eight months out and I still, and yeah. it still bothers me. So what would, is there anything you would have done differently? Like, do you wish you would have just spent the mm-hmm. extra 20 minutes and done a receiving line? Do you wish yeah. you would have invited less people? Yeah, I think I wish we would have maybe just carved out some more time in the reception, like when people were eating, like if we had just, just teased that time frame out a little bit more before going into cake cutting and photos, and then the rest of the events of the reception yeah. uh, to just float from table to table, because we could have done like, I, I don't remember how many tables we had, but I feel like if we'd spent like two to five minutes at each, I mean, we probably would have added at least half an hour, but it would have been okay. Yeah, like it, had- I think that would have been worth it. Yes we had a guest on Katie. She was our first um, interview. And one of the things she said, which this is just, I'm hammering it in because you're kind of saying it too, is that she wished she would have planned her wedding so that she would get the experience she wanted out of it and not just the experience that her guests wanted. Because in thinking of a timeline for you, you were like, how can I make this the most enjoyable for my guests? Carving out 30 minutes for you to walk around is not really the most enjoyable for all of your guests, but it would have given you back an experience. And I feel like too, that blesses guests though too, because when I've gone to weddings of close friends, I love when I get to actually talk to them and like tell my, like I was an RA in college and got to go to a lot of their weddings and like seeing these women that you invested in and mentored, like, like getting married. It's just, it's so sweet to be able to like affirm them and build them up. And I think- I think we all have people that, that have been in our lives that would want to, to be that for us as well on our wedding day. And we just, we didn't get to talk to people. So yeah, yeah, that would be, that would be the one that I wish we had done a little bit differently. Honestly, too, this is a side note, but dress rehearsals. I don't know if other people feel this way. I hated every bit of it. Like it was, it was stressful. The dress rehearsal dinner, like I could not relax. I was the most relaxed I was when I went and got drinks with like friends out of town after we left our dress rehearsal dinner. Like it's interesting. Do you, why might that, why do you think that is? Why do you think you felt that way? 
well, A, we had tons of, like most of my friends lived out of state. So like I even had one of my bridesmaids was flying in from the Dominican Republic. She was a teacher there. So we were like picking up all these people, trying to get them out to the venue, like in time. And then once we even got to like the dress rehearsal dinner, it just, I don't know. It felt like all of this planning, which the week of of your wedding is just nuts anyways, especially as a bride. Like, and so we'd been juggling like, making all the flowers. Cause like me and my bridesmaids did that together the day before the wedding and picking people up from the airport and getting them to their hotel. And then like, it just felt so frazzled. And then you're just there. You're supposed to, like, I think I felt like I was supposed to be feeling so many things. And I, I was just so stressed. <laughs> just, I was so ready to go. <laughs> I just needed like a solid, a solid beer and a good night's sleep at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's then it's a, impossible to remedy. sleep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's I went to, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, it wasn't necessarily on our wedding day, but there was like, um, it's kind of probably back to an earlier question you had about like a struggle with long distance planning, but I did want to share this because it was like, it was straight up a, a mom and, and bride, like communication error. So, mm-hmm. uh, my mom has like a, she's been diagnosed with, um, a heart condition that like, it's, it's just not great. And so, and we don't want to like speak that over her either, but it's at the point when we were wedding planning, it was pretty bleak and she just did not have a ton of energy, like as a result of that. And so I was trying to like figure out how, and while well, long distance, so this is all like in my head, but like, how can I take stress off of her? Like I know traditionally the mother of the bride plans, like the bridal shower and all of that. Uh, but I didn't, mm. like, I hadn't heard anything from her and I didn't want to like I don't, it just feels weird to ask, like, so are you going to plan this or yeah. are you not? Where are you at? You and so you kind of need to know. And again, I was long distance too. So it wasn't like a casual thing I could just bring up to her in passing. And so I, my mother-in-law is a saint and had asked if, uh, like, would it be helpful if she put that on? And I was like, I think that that would, cause I haven't heard anything from my mom at this point. And so then I suggested that to my mom and she felt uh, I would say pretty defensive and like that, uh, she, she's just very mama bear. Like she wanted to do that for me. And that was a really big deal to her. And it just had not, it got lost in communication. And so that was like, it, it was kind of a lot of unnecessary drama just because of assumptions. I think from me, my mom and mother-in-law, like, and so I think it, it was fine. We had like, we had a good conversation and, and clarified things and we ended up having like two showers, one with each side. And it was great because oh, nice. we both had like pretty established friend groups. And so it was more helpful to just have two, but yeah, I, I don't know for, I feel like there's so many other brides that are navigating long distance that have to deal with that, that unspoken, there's just things that are a bigger deal to moms than they necessarily would ever let on. And that was, that was a learning experience for me for sure. Okay. So pivoting, you know, we're a mental health podcast and I want to dive into, which I feel like because you are a planner by nature and like your type, you're organized, you're type A, right? That's an assumption I'm making, but I feel like you're pretty type A. Okay. Yeah. So because of that, you're very prepared going into the wedding day. And so that can help your mental health, but at the same time, it could potentially stress you out. How was your mental health and Tate's mental health as you guys were navigating this wedding planning process, especially at like warp speed? Yeah, it was, oh man, I think it, I would say overall we were okay. Uh, Again, because uh, almost a year of long distance had taught us how to over-communicate with each other. Uh, And so that was, that was helpful. 
Uh, I would say though, probably like in the, so I, I like moved back home 4th of July weekend and we got married in mid August, uh, which was Mm -hmm. weird. So I was like living with my parents back home. That was hard. And then, uh, I quit my like full-time job two weeks before we got married. So there, and that like, I was like training my replacement and there, like, that is a whole thing that I could go into, but there, I, I felt like there was so much stress. Uh, I, I just felt like I, I almost had to like, which is a sure sign of like Enneagram three stress and just not being healthy is when you get more focused on like tasks and achieving than you are on processing what you're feeling. Like threes oh, fall fun. asleep to our emotions. And we do that through work because it's easier to just work than it is to actually process them. So I honestly feel like mental health probably wasn't for me. I I don't think I knew it was probably bad. Like, I honestly don't Mm -hmm. feel like any, I processed a lot of anything until I got back from our honeymoon in Hawaii, like where I was like, okay, I, my job is different. This is not my house. This is not my normal bed. Like every, I have a whole new friend group. Like this is, you know, cause yeah, we didn't live together before we were married. So it was like, that all became the new normal. And it felt like everything was just like a push to get to that point. And then I got to process. So if I'm being totally candid, it was a, like our marriage was fine, but it was a couple of rough months for me internally, like our first few months of marriage. Uh, and like even being new to the Wichita market, like I went full-time with photography right after we got married. So trying to gain traction there, which is, it can be really challenging when you're brand new to a place. Uh, and then there's all this fear of failure that threes have. And I for sure was struggling with. So I would almost say like mental health probably wasn't great, but I didn't feel that it wasn't great because I just could, I could just not ignore it. And you got, it was so busy. I got task oriented, but there was a lot to, to sift through after we got married, which was okay. Cause there was time to, you know? (laughs) Yes. And that's what I was going to ask you. How did you work through those things that you were struggling with? Like your life being turned upside down and not processing any feelings until afterwards. How, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. I think I, I feel like God is really kind and that he forces us to slow down when we have to. So I like being, I didn't have like weddings lined up for the rest of the year. Like I only shot six in 2019 when we got married and they were all just ones that were up in like Indiana, Ohio, where I was at. Then I didn't have anything booked for Kansas for the rest of the year. So I felt like I just had time where I couldn't Like I had some things that I could do, like I wanted to revamp my website and invest in some education, but that was like not enough to keep me busy full time. And so it was really just a lot of verbally processing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. So it was, it was just a lot of like verbally processing with my mom who uh, was, she lives three miles down the road from us, which is also such a gift after being like in Indiana for for six years. Um, so being able to process with her, uh, and some of my, my close friends and obviously Tate and, uh, just, I don't know, like you just, you, I just, it was life, right. You just like, you just walk through it. And I don't know that I have like a perfect solution, but yeah. I had time and I didn't want to be stuck there. And also with transition, like, I feel like time is the kindest also, yeah. I don't, you know, like you, you just have to, you just have to walk through it. That's what I was going to say. I feel like what, you're saying is like allowing yourself this space to like Mm -hmm. adjust. And it was super beneficial. Like if you look back and picture your life being super busy, like it might be now. And then also going through all that at the same time, like there would have been no time to process. And then eventually. Yeah. And I would have just blown past it for as long as I could until Mm -hmm. it exploded. Right. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. So 
if you had one piece of advice that you could give a planning couple, what would that be? Okay. So I listened to your guys' podcast. So I know you always wrap up this with this question. So I asked Tate this this morning, cause I also wanted to oh, share his awesome. two cents from like a guy's that. perspective. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, yes. Heck yeah. 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 Because again, like guys think very differently about all things wedding planning than women do. So totally. yeah. So what Tate shared was to not sweat the small stuff that saved us so much stress with wedding planning. Just yeah. Let it roll off. If it's not a big deal, like for us, we didn't care about decorations. So the venue we worked with had a decor closet and we just pulled out stuff the day of, we bought a bunch of candles in bulk and it was great and easy. And it was like, perfect. I'm not going to worry about it. I don't care. Oh my God. Yeah, but we you did, know what? We, yeah. Gosh, that's so big. I feel like so many couples stress about the decorations and the centerpieces and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I can't imagine the weight of like, what do they have? Oh, this looks good. All right. Let's use this. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Alex, Amazing. I feel like you're giving permission to people right now. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you're like, dude, yeah. just use what they have. Like, you're not yeah. going to, like, uh, do you regret it? Do you regret not oh. having, like, something completely unique? No. Yeah. no. And we picked a beautiful venue because I didn't want to worry about decorations. Like, we're all a part of those local Facebook sales pages for weddings where they, it's like a pain to buy it all up front and you have to resell it afterwards. Yeah. Like, no. And we even, like, so for our aisle, my, my friend that did our florals, we did like six foot, uh, like we did our garlands that lined the aisle and all the branches, like in six foot chunks. Um, and then we just plopped those on our six foot tables and we put the candles in and it was, we just repurposed them. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder guys. <laughs> yeah. Help, your, help it yourself out. Cause good grief. Oh, so that was... it doesn't, if it doesn't matter to you, don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. So that was was Tate's Tate's advice. advice. Yeah, that was Tate's advice. My advice is uh, over-communicate with your person about what actually matters to you because everyone and their mom is going to have an opinion about what you should do. But if you two have had your conversations offline and if you're like, Tate is more of an introvert and not as assertive as I am. So whoever that is in the relationship, like if you're the more assertive one, tease that out of them, like figure out what actually matters to them so that you can put together a plan. Like for us, our honeymoon was, I would say almost as important to us as our wedding. So we budgeted big for that. And, uh, and we went, we Tate did a ton of research and we went somewhere that we would love. And we really valued that time together after our wedding and after the crap show of planning long distance in such a condensed time frame. like that was important to us. So I would say just be intentional and over-communicate with your person so that when you're asked these questions or when someone volunteers their help, that's not asked for you're, you're both on the same page, even if you're not together navigating that conversation, like it just, it saves you. Like, I feel like that was probably what made wedding planning easiest for us is we just, we both knew what we cared about and we both talked about what we cared about. So it wasn't hard. So if somebody came to you, like a quote unquote, somebody you didn't mm-hmm. ask to volunteer and they come to you with a, something they want you to do. Like, they're like, oh my gosh, did you see these decorations? I want to buy them. How, how did having those conversations with Tate help you respond? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so easy when you can say that you and your person talked about it. So the way I would have addressed that is, yeah, actually Tate and I have, we've been wedding planning together and we have kind of a vision of what we want to do. And decoration is not something that we want to break the budget on. And our venue actually offers like this free decor and we've coordinated with our florist. So that's actually taken care of, but thanks for the idea. 
goodbye. <laughs> I love that. I think that's, nice a, yes. that's a good yeah. point because if you can fall back on, well, Tate and I talked about this, then they women think can you're be so pushy prepared. if you, yeah. But if you bring up your man, that, that just goes away. Right. <laughs> if it's just you. It yeah. yeah. Otherwise women can like, be so pushy Ooh. with women, but this is yeah. pretty. And you're like, how do I tell them I don't like it? Or how do yeah. I tell them I don't want to spend money on it? And then if you're yeah. like, we as a couple, they're like, okay, well, I can't sway the couple. I can't right. sway yeah. that person. Yeah. And if you talk about things like budget too, you can throw that in there. Yeah. That's actually not where we want to allocate a lot of our budget. So, and we actually, that's a and, done you know, deal. and if they're like, well, you know, what if we buy it? You can even say, you know, again, you know, that's just not something that, that we value and that we want to put anyone's dollars towards. But if you do want to put dollars towards something, we do value X, yeah. Y, and Z. Hey, by the way, here's our not honeymoon fund. Ta-da. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I would much I rather this too. than decor. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, for like, I'm a much more aggressive and assertive personality, but for those women that are, they're afraid of offending people or they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like again, having that conversation with your spouse, like you don't have to hurt anyone's feelings when you just say we decided together. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've shared so many gems. And so we appreciate you very much. Thank you for hanging out with us. Ashley, you have anything you want to add? I don't. I'm just always so excited when we get to talk to Alex. Yes, we do. You guys weren't on the call before this, but obviously we immediately started talking business and talking shop and all sorts of stuff. And (laughs) and we could probably talk about that stuff for hours. So Alex, it was a joy to have you on. Thank you so much. Listeners, we will be bringing you another interview with a bride next week. Have a great day.